Hello everyone, this is our periodic touch base with Gevis Gajian on the latest conditions during the Artsakh blockade. I'm Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, nagorno karabakh He lives in Stepanagerd. Today is February 9, 2023. Good evening, Gev. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Good, how are you doing? We're dealing with the situation as they come, day to day, I guess. I hear there's a lot of snow today, Gev. How's the weather like? Yeah, you know, look, for the last few weeks, we were like, we caught the tail end of winter. And then as, as we've talked about numerous times, these gas cutoffs have been affecting a lot of parts of, you know, daily life here. And we thought it would be a, a warm end to winter coming up. And in these last two days, I can tell you, it's just a blanket snow. And, you know, while it's beautiful, it's also really cold. So I guess we're dealing yeah. with that. So once again, Gev, right after we recorded our show around 48 hours ago, Azerbaijan cut off the grass supply again completely. What are the current conditions? Yeah, let's touch upon this a little bit because I've noticed a new phenomenon, especially these last couple of weeks. One, we we're accustomed to them cutting it off and turning it back on. For the last few weeks, even when they've turned it back on, they found a way to do it incrementally. So they'll turn it on, but it won't be the full pressure supply. So it can, you know, maybe meet the needs of one segment of the population, let's say the residential houses, but it won't be enough to reach, you know, the gas stations for the cars. And this is something that we're dealing with. On top of that, as we just mentioned, it's wintertime and it's really cold. And, you know, another thing I've noticed is when we see snowfall, we see a cutoff of gas. So they're intentionally doing this, that, you know, when temperatures get really cold, they're exerting their pressure like that. So it's, it's still off as of this time? Uh, as of like about two hours ago when I checked, it was still off. Right. You mentioned that uh, the situation with the blackouts has changed a little bit. What's the current regime? We were doing three segments of two hours. So it would end up being close to like eight hours a day, six to eight hours a day. Now, every three hours, they're cutting off the gas. For one hour. You mean the electricity? Electricity. Yes, I'm sorry. And I, I guess this is an attempt in, in terms of when we have the homes heated, an hour, it doesn't get super cold. So when you can turn it back on an hour later, the electricity for heating, it works out okay. But when it cuts off for two hours at a time, sometimes we then run the risk of it going back to whatever the temperature outside is. And by the time it gets up to normal temperature in the two hours that you have, the electricity gets cut off again. So I guess they're trying to be creative with it, in essence, here with the government to see what is the best mode of operation. Mm -hmm. Gev, there was an article that mentioned that 25 tons of Russian aid had reached Stepanagerd. What do we know about that? So from all things uh, considered, I, I believe that is true. But again, to put this in context, when this road is unhindered, when there's free passage, when there's free movement, we are talking about 400 tons of supplies. I'm not talking about a month, a week per day that come through. So if this is one of the largest shipments of aid so far that's come through, 25 tons, you're still talking about a very minuscule fraction of the daily a drop in the level bucket. that usually. Yes, absolutely. So, so let's keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. So I have a slightly different question for you, Gev. I understand that contacts continue between the Artsakh government and the Russians to open the blockade. And we get periodic articles in the press that the Russians are continuing negotiations to open the corridor with the Azerbaijanis. 
And today, the press had multiple articles, and specifically, I'm referring, for example, to one that I read in Azadutun that said that Arai Harutunyan was in Moscow recently and returned earlier in the month, and that Vartanian is out of town. Do you hear anything about these things uh, being in Stepanagird? Look, I can't comment on the full nature of it, but I can say that these discussions to open up the corridor to lift the blockade, most of the time it primarily happens with Russia. And I guess at times when talks ramp up, uh, there's a necessity for the leadership, very select few, to be there in person and have these meetings. And I think that's what the article is referring to. Well, I mean, if there's a negotiation going on, there are some conversations, concessions, things like that. Do you know what concessions are on the table for our side? I can tell you that Azerbaijan has a litany of demands. We know that the stuff with the mind is just kind of a distraction. What they primarily want is access to checking every single Armenian that comes in and out of the corridor and having their own presence there. For us, for the people of Artsakh, that's an absolute no-go. It's a non-starter for a negotiating point. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, they're looking for ways to kind of ease some of the concerns, uh, for lack of a better word, that the Azeris have, though we know what their you know, ultimate goal is ethnic cleansing. They want to intimidate the populace that comes through. But I can tell you that if it's between having Azerbaijani peacekeepers or whatever they want to call them in that corridor checking Armenians, that's, that's not going to be a starter for us. We will continue with this blockade. So the longer time that goes on, it becomes more difficult for the populace, but it also shows where we stand in terms of what we're willing to concede. There was one more article in the press that mentioned that Arai Karutunian had met with Gagik Zarukyan. Have you heard about this? So, you know, to be honest, the transparency within the state ministry and some of the orgs, such as the one I represent, is, is pretty free and open. Mm -hmm. But I would, if I'm honestly speaking, what happens with the president's office is a little uh, more foggy for us. Most of the time, we don't know until after the fact. So mm -hmm. uh, I think this week, some of those details will come out. But as of right now, we're, we're in the dark as well. I see. I was just wondering if he's trying to buy a hilltop and put a cross on it or something in Artsakh. Or or hopefully a base where he can fly a helicopter in. Or a Jesus statue. But we'll <laughs> right. <laughs> Frankly, I would love to see Gagit Zarukyan visit Artsakh for once and uh, maybe make a statement, but we'll see. Comedy aside, you know, it's, it's surreal. I can't but not be emotional about the situation that we're in. Our brethren in Artsakh are blockaded. They are starved, they're exposed to the weather, and here we are. If you walk the streets of Yerevan, it's like nothing's like that. You know, most people aren't even aware, or at least they're not showing it. And it's a horrible situation, I think, that's a mental state that we have to deal with. Trying to live our lives and knowing that our brethren are being blockaded. I just want to remind listeners not to treat what's happening lightly. And if you want to help, one thing that you can easily do is, you know, do write a tweet or retweet this podcast or find something, uh, a news uh, item that you feel comfortable tweeting or, or sharing in social media and do that one thing today uh, as a way to sort of deal with the situation. I think that helps. And, you know, Hobik, if I can add, I think you're absolutely at in terms of the apathy that we've seen. I can tell you it reaches Aksa. A few days ago, you had a member of parliament get out and say that 
why should 3 million Armenians have to deal with the, you know, woes of 120,000 people in Artsakh, which, you know, you guys know me, I don't use like this, like bombastic language, but that's absolutely a treasonous mindset. One, any Armenian stuck, any Armenian in peril, it, that is the duty of the Armenian government to make sure that their needs are met. Two, if you're not, like not even looking at it from that scope of mind, if your mindset is, who cares about this 120,000 Armenians? Uh, next week, that same government is going to tell you who cares about the 500,000 in Sunik. And next week, they're going to find another part of Armenia that's under peril, under pressure. And they're going to relinquish all grasp of that as well. So the, you should care because Artsakhtis are Armenians. You, you should care because it, innately within you, it should be a matter of concern. But on top of that, you should be concerned that one day this government for those listening in within Armenia, is going to feel the same way about you. You are 100% on the money, Gev. 100%. Okay, let's leave it there for today. And uh, let's come back and talk to each other within a day or two or as soon as there's something to discuss, okay? Sounds good. We'll see what happens. Great. Okay, talk to you later, Gev. All right, guys. Take care. Okay, later, Gev. Bye.